I I want to say this about this whole subject that we're going to keep talking about. When you are kingdom minded, God will keep you in mind. Hey, I'm Amani, and this is Elijah, and this is the Deeper Waters Podcast by Piscatus Bros. Diving right into the waters right here. <laughs> so essentially, we are here to give some sort of Gen Z Bible study, you could say, where we are here as Gen Zers, and we are here to come to you and bring God's word. We are Gen Zers. We were, we're, we're told off that we're stupid, and <laughs> we might just be validating that point right now. But anyways, going into what we were looking at earlier, we're just trying to follow that same call to be fishers of people or what we believe disciples. Simply, you could call us Piscatas Rose. What does Piscata mean? If you actually look at it, Piscato is the Spanish word for fish. And we wanted to create a name for being disciple makers, being fishers of men, and fishy dudes did not sound good. <laughs> There's a difference between fishing as a lifestyle and fishing as a hobby. And when you're living to be a disciple maker, you're pushing yourself, but when you push yourself so much, sometimes you'll you'll eventually get to that state where you, where you just start doing it. Because what, what what would really happen if we if we were wrong? Nothing. But if we were wrong in the other way, man, what 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 would that life be like? 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 Welcome back to the podcast, guys, and as you can see from our title, it says, Every Eye, Every Ear, Every One, and you, know, you might be thinking, like, what, the, what does that even mean? Really, what we're going to be talking about today is reaching those that are lost, and I know that's the main point of our whole podcast is reaching the lost, making disciples, and being disciple makers, but we really wanted to talk about reaching the lost, reaching the ones that have not been reached to yet. Um, we just got to experience this week, we went on a deaf ministry conference and it was just truly amazing. Did what, How did you feel about deaf ministry conference? Deaf conference was life-changing is the only other way to say it from the classes, which was a, was full of more interpreters than mm-hmm. actual deaf people to being in the whole town, just watching people interact. And especially going to those services with such genuine worship. And it, it was just a completely different thing, but yet it was the same. And I've been in areas where people were predominantly speaking Spanish or a different language. But it's different when, you know, they... Now, I will say, I didn't realize how loud a lot of deaf people can be, but it makes sense yeah. because, you know, they're not mute. Yeah. They just can't hear. Yeah. So they, so they make noise, noises. Yeah. but not all of them, but they make noise, but the language has nothing to do with what you hear. Mm-hmm. The language is all... So it's it's almost like that reverse isolation. Now, granted, we're learning it. We're learning it. So, mm-hmm. so we understood some stuff, but it's just so much. It's just like... Yeah. That is the first time where you can be in an environment to where you even get a taste of what it's like to be deaf. Because it's not like another language. Mm -hmm. You have interpreters Mm -hmm. who learn to sign or maybe are a child of deaf or codas, as some people call them. Or you have other people who have deaf kids or you have people who just get involved with the deaf ministry. Mm -hmm. But 
they can learn the language, but the difference with the language is like sign language, whether it be American Sign Language or another form, is that the people you're communicating with cannot learn the language back. So by yeah. getting in a environment like that, it's the closest we'll probably ever get to knowing what it feels like yeah. to be the one receiving. Yeah, and it, and it was it was um, kind of. Oh, kind of. It kind of made you me nervous a little bit at times. I'm like, man, what if I miss this or catch that? They're very. Everyone there was very supportive, understanding that we didn't know everything about sign language. So yeah. they they definitely were there. I'm a sign and, language babe. <laughs> but it, it was a little overwhelming at times. But I definitely agree that it was really amazing to be immersed in that because I feel like there's a there's a culture in 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 these people um, because uh, if you look at it. Um, this conference has only been around for 50 years. Next year will be 50 years. Yeah. That's that's crazy that that they've been getting reached for such a little time. Um, but I just feel like there's a yearning in, in a lot of these people. I, they were getting the Holy Ghost. And, it, and to get to see a deaf person receive the Holy Ghost is one of the craziest miracles. Getting the Holy Ghost is a miracle. I think we sometimes will... Displace that a lot because, because every day and age it just happens all the time so often. Promise, like anybody who's willing yeah. to. Yeah, but it, we we so many times just push that aside. Like get, receiving the Holy Ghost isn't such this amazing thing that truly it really is amazing and it is a miracle that God gives us this to get to see that in these deaf people. It was truly amazing to watch. Yeah. Yes, and one major theme that. I noticed that we're we're going to go into quite a bit and a lot of the different lessons mm-hmm. was it the it's the ministry itself is called deaf evangelism mm-hmm. and I'm going to start with this verse right here so it's in Matthew 28 and 18 and I'm, I'm not going to read the whole thing but it says Jesus came and told his disciples I have been given all authority in heaven and on earth therefore go and make disciples of all nations. And it goes on to say, and teach these new disciples to obey my commands. And yeah, it, it, yeah it, it goes on in that verse. But <clears throat> there was a gentleman that spoke in one of our classes. And, and these classes were powerful, not only just for the deaf community, but we, we had a sense for, of... For interpreters. For interpreters, yeah. The two, the two classes that were available to us were both for interpreters and of course we were in the intermediate because yeah. we got a long way to go before but the it, it was um really cool because it wasn't all just about how do you interpret it was really getting the feel and, and not just for this but other ministries too and and there's this gentleman um His name brother is john brother john we call him but he he said this <clears throat> and this was really powerful he said go automatically implies that you aren't where you should be in the first place. Because in this verse, it says, therefore go and make disciples of all nations. It's saying God was telling them, he said that he said, God was telling them that you're not where you're supposed to be. You need to go and do it. And wow, I've read, I've heard this verse so many times. In my and life. this is almost what never, part of our podcast is about. Like, yeah. And we've never even thought of it that way. <laughs> and for him to say that, oh my goodness, that was amazing to think about that that was extremely profound and this verse kind of goes along with a lot of these other verses that we're going to cover here in a second it says go and make disciples of all nations Mm -hmm. so i'm gonna read a couple of different or refer to a couple different passages in revelation really quickly Mm -hmm. um 
So there's three different passages where it talks and expounds on this idea of going and making disciples of all people. So you have the area of Revelation, so it's in 5, 9 through 10, and it says, Mm -hmm. They sang a new song in these words. You are worthy to take the scroll and break the seals open. For you were slaughtered, and your blood has ransomed God for people for God. And every tribe and language and people and nation, and you caused them to become a kingdom of priests for our God, and they will reign on the earth. Wow. So there's verses like that, and there's verses like Revelation 7 and 9, and I'll let Elijah read this one. Yes. Um, it says, After this, I saw a vast crowd, too great to count, for every nation and tribe and people and language, standing in front of the throne and before the Lamb. They were clothed in white robes and held palm branches in their hands, and they were shouting, with a great roar, salvation comes from our God, who sits on the throne, and from the Lamb. One last passage from Revelation, and this is in Revelation fourteen six through seven, and it says, "I saw another angel fly through the sky, carrying an eternal good news to proclaim to the people who belong to this world, to every nation, every tribe, every language, and people. Fear God!" He shouted, "Give glory to Him." For the time has come when he will sit as a judge, worship him, and make the heavens and the earths and the sea and all the springs of water. So, here's one thing. Well, a couple things. God wants a multicultural church, and I actually never knew this or would have thought of this, but the deaf evangelism ministry is underneath a bigger ministry in the UPC, uh, the organization that we're part of, called... The multicultural ministry, yeah, which yeah, is the, the same with the, the Spanish mm-hmm. and all the other cultural ministries. Mm, yeah. One thing you have to keep in mind is deaf is the deaf people. It's not just a language, but it's actually like there's a whole culture that is surrounded yeah. by being deaf, a whole set of customs. Like it's not like a tribe. Yeah. It's not to that extent, mm-hmm. but there's certain languages. There's a whole different set of idioms, a whole different set of yeah the way they communicate, not just by the signs, but yeah. like different sets of rules of respect. Mm-hmm. It's a whole yeah. culture. It's a whole culture, yeah. Just based off of being mm-hmm. deaf mainly. I mean, you cannot be yeah. deaf and be a part of deaf culture. Yes. But most people a part of that are deaf. Mm-hmm. But God wants a multicultural church and it, it started with that great commission in Matthew 28. Yeah. Where it said, go and make disciples of all people. And yeah. then you see in Revelation, God doesn't want to come out, waiting, he calls out he's waiting times. for everybody yeah. to get a chance to hear the gospel. Yeah. And one major theme I heard a lot throughout the deaf conference is that this is one of those people, this is one of those last, if you want to call them a nation, or one of those last languages that haven't really been reached out to you. I mean, I'm not saying that nobody deaf was ever saved before this. Yeah. And some people's deaf ears were open. And one thing you'll have you'll also notice when you get involved with deaf ministry is that not all deaf people actually want to be healed, and I don't even think that they all need to be healed. Yeah. Because the thing is, they are perfectly able to operate in life like mm-hmm. us. They have plenty of ways to even communicate with people who are hearing Absolutely. and don't know sign language. Yeah. It's because they've cre- there's a whole separate culture mm-hmm. within, and also. There's a lot of people who are in the world that are of deaf culture that would not receive the gospel from somebody who was hearing, oh, even if it was interpreted. Yeah. But to see other people who are in the deaf culture yeah. 
the point is God wants a multicultural church. Yeah. And I mean, he says it in everything we said in, in Revelation. It's saying that we're all going to be together. We're all going to be together at the throne of Jesus. It doesn't matter who you are, where you came from. Everybody needs to hear it. As long as you, as long as you make the steps to be in heaven and make it to the kingdom, it doesn't matter what your race is, uh, what what language you speak. None of these things matter because we're all going to be at the throne of Jesus. And. Actually, the first lesson of our class, uh, mm-hmm. there's classes every day, bef- and yeah, then there are services mm-hmm. uh, in the evening. But our first deaf class was about not deaf culture and not hearing culture, but God culture. Yeah. And I really like the approach that this person t- took. Her name was Sue Lars. Was uh, it? Sue Park. Sue Park. Yes. Yeah, I was confused there with a different Sue <laughs> that's in my life. Sue Parks. Mm-hmm. A phenomenal, probably, she's she's that type of teacher, mm-hmm. I'm telling you, everybody in this class loved her. She's oh, that type of teacher that you wanted to have growing up, that <laughs> uh, cultivated a safe space. And mm-hmm. if you're listening to this right now, you did a phenomenal job. Yes, it was awesome. I, I literally have nonstop talked about, since I've gotten back, we've been back for a little over a week now, and I've nonstop <laughs> talked about just how amazing... Truly amazing that class was, yeah. It was, yes, it was and it awesome. impacted, even if I never did anything else, even related to deaf ministry, that, cl- that class and this whole ministry trip has impacted me in a profound ways. But the first lesson that she talked about was God culture. Mm-hmm. And here's the thing. Christ doesn't care about your specific culture, your specific standards or your specific way of doing things because we are the body of Christ once you get become a part of this. Now we are instructed to reach everybody of any culture. Yeah. But once you come a part of that body of Christ, we are part of his nation. He is expanded. So it's not just the yeah. Jew thing. You're part of the family of God now. And here's the thing, a nation that's divided can't stand. And a body even it refers to us as the church as the body yeah. of Christ. If the different body parts are divided Mm. Then we can't stand. And they yeah, also absolutely. emphasize the importance of we need to educate the hearing people just as much as the, as the deaf. Like, they're not yeah. just blaming the hearing people because there are some problems within yeah. deaf culture that don't want to be, too. But we need to make sure that both sides are equally but educated. That's, that's not just in that. That's in everything. I feel like so much in this world, we, we spend so much time saying they need to be fixed or, or this, this situation. And the other people are the problem, not me. And I think this world, that's what divides us so much is because we don't see the problem in ourselves. So I think in anything truly, especially when we're talking about in Christ and we're living for Christ, we need to make sure that we come to agreement. Because if we are divided, like you said, we will not be able to stand. So we need to make sure that we're always, if they need to work on something, I probably need to also work on something too. If we can get to that middle ground together, because it's not just them coming all the way to me. I need to also be reaching out too. Absolutely. There's so much scripture about not only a nation divided not being able to stand, but there's also so much power in being unified in spirit and in truth. Mm-hmm. When you have the truth and you're working together, it, it we talked about this in the episode where we talked about can you be multiplied? God's mm-hmm. growth is always exponential because it doesn't say one could put 1,000 in flight and two could put 2,000 in flight yeah. or even 3,000. It says 10,000. Yeah, yeah. When you come together... Mm. And Something you have God in the happen. middle. Yeah, it 
does more than multiplication, like just simple multiplication. Yeah. It's exponential growth. Yeah. But you have to work together and work in between these cultures. You can't let anything get divide you. I know even me as a black person or me like other people of mm-hmm. different ethnicities and different races, like one thing sometimes you'll hear some people say is that's a white man's religion, which first of all, that's stupid because Jesus isn't the true Jewish people are mm-hmm. not just all white, for yeah. one. And two, actually, if you study and look at how ethnicity even worked mm-hmm. in that day and age anyway, mm-hmm. religion and lifestyle were literally then ethnicity, not your race, but an ethnicity. Yeah. People were divided by their ethnicity. Absolutely. And you literally, like, could be whatever... And you, to become a Jew, and, like, it wasn't just your religion. It wasn't just your lifestyle. You had to fully, legally change yourself to become a Jew. Mm -hmm. And that was the same with a lot of pagan religions and stuff. And that's how they kept everybody divided. And they had a different sets of rules for different sets of people. But you had to literally change your whole entire governmental entity of yourself. Yeah. To become a part of a religion back then. Mm-hmm. And that was what was so radical about Christianity, because when Jesus came, he disrupted the culture. He reached out to people who were Jews, and he reached out to the Gentiles, and he reached out to the Samaritans, and all those people. And that's what the disciples were instructed to do. And that disrupted the entire governmental system at that time. Yeah. And that's when you come back and you look, even if you had to be Jewish, you could still become that. It wasn't just being Jewish. It is a race now, per se, yeah. but it was not then. Yeah. Being Jewish, you could, anybody could become Jewish, but you had to go through a whole process, mm-hmm. and there's all these different customs, and that's why it was so controversial, even to the Jews, because you have to keep in mind, it wasn't even the Gentiles that crucified Jesus, it was the religious Jews mm-hmm. that crucified him, and when it wasn't just the Jews that had a problem with the gospel being spread too, yeah. but you have to keep in mind, different little subcultures are always going to clash with the gospel. Yeah, they're always. That's why there's a difference between deaf culture, black culture, white culture, any culture. Yeah, it doesn't matter because at the end of the day, your culture should not trump what God wants to do. Mm-hmm. Your con- culture should not trump the kingdom culture. When you put Jesus mm-hmm. in it, He's going to automatically change you, and you become a b- part of a new culture. You become yeah. a part of a new body. Yeah, hey, and no. a lot of people just get so distracted by things like. Your yeah. culture, your what you look like, and that's not even the point of the gospel. You're, the no. gospel has nothing to do yeah. with any other culture. We we need to make sure we be careful in what we let the world do to us, and how we and let it affect the way that we work in the church. The world lets things like that destroy it and be separate. And there's so much separation in the world. Based we have to be of, based off those things, based off race and different. And you see it in even politics, like. People yeah. literally define themselves yep. off of divisions. It's kind of going back to the way things yeah. used to be. Yeah, but we have people to be very have excuses to, to make for themselves based mm. off of I'm this, I'm that, I'm disabled, I look like this, I have mm. this problem, I'm attracted to this kind of person, so therefore I need to have these certain accommodations. But God says, no, you are a child of God. Yeah, it doesn't matter the way you think you were born. It doesn't matter the way you looked. It doesn't matter the way. That you mm-hmm. even feel. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. I have created you for a purpose. And your mm-hmm. purpose trumps whatever you feel like you are. Yeah. And it doesn't matter what other people are going to see in you either. 
Mm. If people may see a black person, but God sees a child of God. People may mm. see a deaf person, but they he sees a child of God. Yeah. People may see even a woman, because that that's a whole different thing too. Fem- the whole feminism movement making up different issues and like. I'm this, so this is the problems I'm going through. God doesn't care about your problems because God can still use you. God sees a child of God, and God sees somebody he's instructed to go and make disciples. So there is no excuses when it comes to doing. Yeah, and that's why, why, like I was saying, you can't let these things in this world because the world lets all of that happen. The world lets so much junk, and when we let that in the church, it causes division and causes so many problems that God never intended because if we're truly trying to be disciples, and we're truly trying to follow the cross, then we're going to want what God wants. Yes. If people are judging you in the church that shouldn't be judging you, if someone says, I only can see your past, that is their problem, not, not your yours. problem. Because if they really were following the cross, they would understand that it doesn't matter anymore because now all I see is a child of God. And, and you know what? I'm saying the people that judge you, but also sometimes we let that happen. It's very easy to let that happen yes. in you because you see someone that you're like, man, I've been going Ooh, to church. I've been going to church for so many years and now they're just like, you know what they did just a, like, like a year ago. They were just doing that. And now I have to, now they're doing this in church. And now I have to work with them. I mean, that, that, that brings, them. that brings the parable of the workers in the vineyard when, when they were called in at different hours, there was a most, a man calling people in to work in his vineyard at different hours of the day. And some people only worked an hour of the day. But they still ended up um, all getting paid the same amount. And they all got the equal pay. But they didn't all. They all got the equal pay. And there were people that worked the whole day that said, that's not fair. Why do I only get the same amount as these people that worked an hour? And so when we let when we let that get into the church, that also causes division as well. Absolutely. And here's another thing, too. Jesus' blood washes away all of our sins yeah and he also i get it we're not god we don't no. naturally just forgive and forget yeah, it's and we're, we're instructed hard. to be smart about things mm-hmm. however we cannot let we cannot here's here's the best way to say it and i've heard it said this way and this is a really profound way to say it mm-hmm. don't reach under god's blood to pull something that god put under his blood do you know oh, how man, much authority you're trumping by reaching under what is got under God's blood mm-hmm. to pull something out? Yeah, absolutely. And a lot of people do that and don't realize that mm-hmm. by reaching into people's past, even if it's not that long ago, you know, there's different order in the church, mm-hmm. but you're not the one that often you don't. I'm not saying there's not any rules in the church. Yeah, there course. is obviously different rules in the church, mm-hmm. but you can't judge people's ministry and judge people that are trying to do things for God. Mm. And then when I, uh, the key word is trying, not just living a a lukewarm Christian life, but people who are trying, a lot of people don't see what God is trying to do through them. And honestly, it's some of the people with the roughest past that do the most. It's some of the people who are brand new that do more than people who've sat on a pew for 100 years their whole life and have been sitting on a pew and not going like we mentioned earlier the word go automatically implies that you're not in the place you're supposed to be yeah absolutely so when it comes to doing ministries like evangelism or missionary stuff you're it could be scary because you don't always have the words to say 
you're dealing with people of different cultures and different customs yeah. and you don't always know exactly how to go about it but Jesus gave us some instru- instructions in Matthew 6 31 through 34 when it comes about not having the words to say mm-hmm. and he says so don't worry about things saying what will we eat or what will we drink or, or what will we wear these things dominate the thoughts of unbelievers mm-hmm. but you but your heavenly father already knows your needs seek the kingdom of God above all else and live righteously and he will give you everything you need so don't worry about tomorrow for tomorrow will bring its own worries Today's trouble is enough for today. You don't have to worry about how prepared you are. This specific passage talks a lot more about worrying about the situation you're going to be in, which is something yeah. you will worry about, especially yeah. if you're on the missionary field. Of course. But even if not, it talk, it's good to be prepared. I don't think Absolutely. there's a problem with being prepared. But yeah. when it comes to ministry like that, most of the time when you talk to people who are interpreters, especially, they, a lot of, and even me, like I, when I'm, trying to help with different songs and stuff i always yeah. worry because it's like i'm not prepared for this you know i want to do it right and yeah. i want to do it god's way but god is instructing us here and yeah. jesus says don't worry about tomorrow don't worry Absolutely. about the thing worry about what you need to do yeah, today because you know there's times when it, things do get scary and i, I know i i serve in uh, several capacities at our church so i know there are times where i just I'm doing something. I go, oh, I can't do this on my own. Or, or maybe, maybe it's because I've just been having a bad day. Maybe it's just because literally it's something hard that I'm just really struggling with. But I find if you spend some time in prayer, God can help you through these things. I, I firmly believe that if you take the time and give it to God, that He will help qualify you, help make it so you are on that level. To do it properly. Because if you're doing it and saying, God, this is for you. This isn't for anybody else. Yes, I'm helping somebody. But if it's not for you, then it's not worth being done. And you give it to God. I believe he will help you and guide you through that. Yes. And one little note I put in here, too. I want to say this about this whole subject that we're going to keep talking about. Mm -hmm. When you are kingdom minded, God will keep you in mind. If God wow. leads you or calls you to go somewhere, you don't have to worry about when you're going to step into your anointed position or into mm. your quote unquote calling, which I believe is something that goes along. I don't think it's a destination. I think it's a journey. Wow, yeah. But Absolutely. if God leads you somewhere, he will qualify you because God specializes in calling the unqualified. He loves mm. to use the foolish things in life to confound those who think they are wise. I'll tell you what. That, and that I know there was a younger lady that was in her class. She was just 14 and she was and preaching. She was preaching and that last day. And I know that's one thing that last day she talked a lot about too. And I know I've heard it a lot, but I know she's just talking about how it humbles you. There's some, there's very, 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 very few interpreters yeah. in this ministry specifically. or yeah. But not just this. In many ministries, not talking about interpreting, people who lead if you do yeah. things arrogantly and you don't do things humbly, then yeah. you'll be humble. Like we yeah, talked like about we talked last week. Episode. Yeah, we talked about last week. If, if you, I would rather be humble and not humbled. Like we talked about last week. It it's so true. You know, God will qualify you if you're willing to be qualified. If you give it to God, when God puts you in that position, if you give it to God, God will qualify you because yes. He doesn't call who's already qualified. 
There's a, now sometimes maybe you're a good speaker and then you feel like you're called to speak to people. Maybe you are qualified already, but yeah. more times than not, God will use the thing that you feel like you're not qualified at all in and he'll use you and he'll use that and then he'll make you qualified. I know there, there are times where I have to get in front of people or do things, um, Silly otherwise, we do kids' ministry or times I'll just have to speak in front of people, and I am terrified. When I tell you I'm terrified to speak in front of people, I am genuinely. Oh, you like, should I, see him stress. Oh my floor. gosh. No wonder I'm going to He's good at doing this stuff too. And he'll I'm all right at it, but I'm stressed he'll out. He'll literally have to do stuff in front of kids and he'll be stressing. And then he'll get up there and do perfectly fine. I'm like. But, but it is, it's just, that's probably why I'm losing my hair at such a young age because I'll just, <laughs> I'll literally like, and sometimes it's not even like, like days and days I'm stressed. Like I'm just not think about it and then it'll be like five minutes before I get on and then the stress of a week's worth of stress will just get over me. I'm like, oh my God. I don't know how to breathe. Um, but but really, God has used me in the thing I felt not qualified for and qualified me when I'm doing it for him. But if you don't do these things in him, then you can and probably will be humbled at some point. Yes, and the guy's pod name in this last podcast, his name was Myron Weidman. I couldn't think of oh, his yes, name. Oh, yes, yes. said Myron somebody. <laughs> Myron Weidman. He said, your anointing doesn't matter if you're arrogant. Mm, God will... Yeah. First of all, he'll qualify you in things that you're not good at. And you see, but you may have talents. And yeah. you know, you hear the parable of the talents, and it's not just about God gives you certain things, whether it be finances, but it could also, I feel like it's a great word that translates to English because it's not yeah. talking about talents, yeah. but it could mean talents yeah. with what that parable means. Mm-hmm. God is going to give you different abilities, God is going to give you different resources, but it matters how you use them. Yeah. And you can't be arrogant about it, but you also have to use. Yeah. What you have. If God led you to do something or gave you something, be fruitful. Yeah, about don't it. don't just sit there. But also when 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 you're doing it, yeah, like you said, just be be humble about it, but work. You know, God like like and we talked about go means you're not doing anything. We don't want to be the ones that God says comes to us and says you need to go. Now if you if if or you're saying that you're not yeah, you're not doing anything, yeah, like because, that's what God says when you go to heaven. You were a yeah. faithful servant and mm-hmm. faith is dead without works. Amen. Yeah. So you have to be faithful in working. People always love to talk about how works don't save you, and that is true. Mm-hmm. But you still have to be obedient because even in that great commission, it says you have to teach them to obey my commands. Because yeah. it's not that that saves you, but obedience is the love language of God. So yeah. even though it's not your works that save you. You need to make sure that you're obeying his word. And his word is not just about feeding the poor and stuff and yeah. doing things that look great, but it's about doing the things that actually are great and doing yeah. the things for the kingdom. Because when you're kingdom minded, God's mm. going to keep you in mind. Come and on. that means that he knows you. Yeah. Because I would hate to get the other response, <laughs> which means yeah. I didn't know you. I never knew you. He yeah. knows who Apart you are and he's seen you. you, but you didn't build a relationship with him. And you didn't do the things you needed to do. So yeah. you need to make sure that you are doing things humbly and that you're led by the Spirit. So this next verse, Matthew 10 and 18 through 20, it says, You will stand in trial before governors and kings because you are my followers. But this will be the opportunity to tell the rulers and the other unbelievers about me. When you are arrested, do not worry about how to respond or what to say. God will give you the right words at the right time. For it yeah. is not you that will be speaking. It will be the spirit of your father speaking through you. Mm. God will lead you in his spirit and in truth. 
I know one of the people who were interpreters talked about how he would be stressing when he's signing and trying to interpret the word of God. Yeah. But then at some point, he'll end up signing the whole message. Yeah. And, and like, not how even, how do I even do, do that? that? Yeah. I didn't even know some of these words and people received it. Mm-hmm. And I know even sometimes, you know, when you hear speaking in tongues, mm-hmm. it's not always about speaking in an unknown language, but I've heard stories about how somebody has came up to someone who is deaf, mm-hmm. as we're talking about deaf ministry, and they signed something to them, and they were like, wow, like, this is what I need to hear. They spoke to my exact situation, and they went up to talk to them, this lady, and she was like, hey. uh, could somebody help, help me, because I, I don't know what they're saying. And that's crazy, yeah, that was an amazing story to hear, where they're, yeah, they're like, they just signed to me this awesome thing, I want to go talk to them, and then they had to get an interpreter, because they didn't know any sign language at all. Like they said, they the interpreter, the lady that told the story was the person they got to interpret. Yeah. And she was like, I went up there and I, and I was trying to tell them what they were saying and then I asked them, do you know any sign language? And they said they knew nothing at all. Like they genuinely didn't know even how to say their name in sign language. They didn't know finger spelling or anything like that, which is crazy to imagine, but God used them in that situation. Yes. And this thing, God will lead you. God will speak mm-hmm. through you. You don't even need to be smart to be used by God because God will use the foolish things to confound the wise. Mm -hmm. And he will use anybody to do his mission. All you have to do is set your mind on things of God and set your mind and have God continually in your mind because he will work. If you are willing to be used, he will work. You just have to set your mind on the things and God will speak through you because you don't even have to think about what you have to say. Because if you're submitted to the spirit and you have a connection to God, God will speak through you and you don't even have to think about it. He will give you the words you need in that moment. All you're responsible for is to read his word and to do whatever you can to spread his gospel. Yeah. Always make sure that you're going, not just go once, keep going. Keep going. And Keep. if God redirects you and, and he says, go somewhere else, you need to listen to that very carefully and just turn around and say, well, if that's what you're calling me to do, I'm going to go. But you yes. always need to listen to that go. Always listen to when God says to go. Um, and the next passage we have here that goes along with this, um, John 16, it'll go verses 12 through 15, it says, there is so much more I want to tell you, but you can't bear it now. When the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth. He will not speak of his own, but will tell you what he has heard. He will tell you about the future. He will bring me glory by telling you whatever he receives from me. All that belongs to the Father is mine. That This is why I said the Spirit will tell you whatever he receives from me. So, you know, God will take control of the things you say. He will, he will help you. He will open your mind to the truth when you need it. Like yeah. it says here, he sometimes, and I know through prayer, I've seen this where even reading in the Bible, you know, you, you've read the Bible so many times through, but then you get to a point and it's like, wow, something new has opened in my mind. Sometimes God will open your mind in the moment. The spirit will lead you. I, I really, I really like this verse because I've read it before, but now actually working on my walk with God, hearing this, it actually makes sense. You'll hear it for this verse before and it not made sense. I'm like, you know, open your mind. Kind of what is, what does that truly mean? But now working on my walk with God, I can say that this has definitely happened to me. where reading a verse or just praying. Something will open my mind that I've never thought of bef- before. Yes. And God's word is a living word and not like a living document. Like how people like to say that this can keep being changed or what, it's called progressive Christianity, where we're going to redefine the word to mean what we want it to mean. That has no power. 
what has power is what God said, and God's word is continually being revealed to us because yeah. we'll never be able to fully understand it, at least not in these present bodies that we have right now. Yeah. But God will continue to open up his word. I, I've, I think the best way to describe the Bible of what I've heard, I think the Bible part here called it this, a meditative book. Because you have to Ooh. think of his word continually, and the more mm. you think about it, the more it's going to make sense. And mm-hmm. You know, when you understand that you won't understand everything, that means you know that you have to do some meditative spirit yeah. to know. Yeah. Submission to God's Holy Spirit is the key to living your life. Because God made himself in flesh to show us the way. Jesus is the way. Mm-hmm. And Jesus was the ultimate example. Now, there are some people who like to take it like, oh, he wasn't actually God. He was a prophet. No, that's not what I'm saying here. And I'm also not saying that we are Jesus and we could just do whatever we want. Yeah. But when we are submitted to the spirit, we can do whatever Jesus did. And he even instructed and said that you will do more than the miracles that I did. And he did more miracles that were even written in the Bible. Yeah, he did more than what Way was more miracles than what was recorded. And it says that at the end of, mm-hmm. I don't remember which gospel it was. Yeah, but it says that there was even more miracles. But yeah, I mean, God says you will perform more than what you see here because if we are submitted to God and we're doing God's work, we, he'll do miracles through, you. through us. But I mean, you have to be submitted to him yeah, inside of you. He God, can be there and you won't yeah, let him be fruitful if you're not letting him. Absolutely. Work. I mean, there were many people in the Bible that performed miracles because, through God. I mean, if you look at the story, um, some amazing ones, obviously, because of my name. I love um, Elijah, the story of Elijah and how many miracles God did through him. And then his, uh, his um, what would be the best word? The person after him, his apprentice, kind of. I don't who think took he took his place. Yeah, he took his place. Elisha. Um, he performed double the miracles. I mean, God used so many people in the Bible and did miracles through and them. They didn't, but, and the crazy thing is, they yeah. didn't even get filled with the Holy no. Ghost. They just followed. Those were before says. the Holy Ghost time. And but now yeah, we have that power. Yeah. So we even have that power living us. But, but they were willing to do those things because they were listening to God. They yes. didn't. They they weren't. They weren't saying this is all about me. So you're gonna. It's gonna happen through me. I mean, Elijah lived such a life that God called, brought him up into heaven and he didn't die. I mean, you had to have had, you had to have been a faithful servant for that to happen. Yes. Two people that happened to in the Bible. So, him and Enid. Yeah. So for that to have happened, he must have been doing something right. He must have had to have lived that life where he wasn't saying it's all about me. He's saying it's all about God. I give everything I have and everything I can do. It's not about the miracles coming out of me. But it's not just because I'm living right. That's Living right isn't going to bring the miracles. God's going to bring the miracles. But living right makes God use me is what, yes. what it does. Living right and being submitted. Mm-hmm. If you think you're self-righteous because you do things, then you, here's the thing. It's God that qualifies you, and it's God that makes you righteous. Yep. But we alone are not righteous. So when you mm-hmm. think that the good works save you, and you think that I'm good, and I don't need God, and I can do this by myself, yeah, that's when you've truly failed. But your job is to still do good things, but to know that that, it's, that alone does not save you, and I can't do these good things without God, that is when God can use you, because you recognize the truth that you don't really mean anything without mm. God. Yeah. But God gives us meaning. God fills us with power. God gives us a sound mind. He gives us the ability to love in a Christian way. Not just being accepting and just living life and doing whatever you want to do, but doing things for the kingdom. When you're kingdom minded, 
the king will keep you in mind. Because the king is living inside of you. Mm. That's what it is. Absolutely. And you have to allow him to work. Because when he works, he produces the fruits of the spirit. Mm-hmm. But yeah. and now it's possible to ignore. You can be filled with the spirit and ignore it. Mm-hmm. But you need to make sure that you're actually submitted to it. Not just filled with it. Because some people are so focused on making sure people are filled with the Holy Ghost. That they don't instruct people. Hey, yeah. now let it take control. Now let it lead you. Let it change you. Yeah. The point of repentance is to change. And a lot of people are like, I don't want to change people when they come to church. I'm not saying that their life is no. going to change and become perfect, but there is change that is required. Well, like inherently. what you just said, I think a lot of people are worried about that moment of the Holy Ghost. So that moment of in the altar, instead of being worried about how are they going to now live in God? Yes. Because the Holy Ghost, yes, it comes inside of you, and we believe the evidence is in speaking in tongues. But what happens after they speak in tongues? Are we worried about what is happening in their lives? As disciple makers, as people that are following God, we need to make sure that we're not just worried about them getting the Holy Ghost, but we're worried about the Holy Ghost living in them from now on. And honestly, and continuing in them. Yes, honestly, I think a lot of churches nowadays fail in the Great Commission. Let's go back. Yeah. It says, Jesus came and told his disciples that I have been given all authority in heaven and on earth. Therefore, go. Mm-hmm. Not stay here. Not just, mm-hmm. okay, we got these teachings and yeah. we're just going to stay in our little church and be our friends and mm-hmm. that's it. No, he said, go and make more. Mm-hmm. Make disciples of all nations. Not yeah. one, not just for the Jews, but for the Gentile and all throughout the earth. Yeah. Baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. A.K.A. Jesus, because every time it acts, they baptize in the name of Jesus and teach these new disciples to obey all the commands I've given you. And be sure of this. I am always with you, even until the end of the age. You may not see him in flesh because that's God living inside of you when you receive the Holy Ghost. And yes, I don't think you have to be there every single moment of these people's lives, Mm -hmm. but you have to instruct them to be submitted to the name of Jesus and submitted to God living inside of them because it's possible to be filled with the Holy Ghost and not allow them because you have to allow the spirit. It's not about what you think, but it's about allowing the spirit. And a lot of people are so focused on baptizing them and Laying hands on them that they would receive the Holy Ghost, as it talks yeah. about in Acts. There's a church in Samaria where they got baptized and they were waiting to receive the Holy Ghost, and they laid hands and they received the Holy Ghost. Yeah. And people are just focused on that, and they're like, "Congrats, that's all you got to do." And, and we're gonna go their, move on to the yeah, next. No, the it next says time. from there, teach these new disciples. Once they become a disciple and they get baptized and they get yeah. the Holy Ghost, teach them, help guide them to obey all the commands and the scripture about not teaching them how to do all this extra stuff that are people confuse tradition with doctrine Mm. no your job is to teach them what the bible says and let the spirit work on them and continue to change them so you need to just teach them how to obey the commands that they've given them and part of that command would be to teach them to go and make more disciples and that's Mm -hmm. why i know i've heard that plenty of times like it was the craziest ladies and the craziest men that came into the church and that were addicted to drugs for the longest time they were praying and praying those become the greatest disciple makers they some of these people bring in more people to the church than all the people that were in a church because they have the opportunity to witness to more people and truly become a bigger idea yeah absolutely yes and but that's the thing you can't just teach them to go in the under the water and come out and that's it no you have to teach them to obey all the commands. Yeah. And then absolutely. further from that, go and create more disciples. Mm-hmm. 
Absolutely. And um, we have one more verse. Uh, I think it's definitely important that we uh, get into this. Um, and this will be our final big scripture that we have at least written down on here. Um, but it says um, in Matthew 13, verses 9 through 16, Anyone with ears to hear should listen and understand. His disciples came and asked him, Why do you use parables when you talk to, to the people? He replied, You are permitted to understand the secrets of the kingdom of heaven, but others are not. To those who listen to my teachings, more understanding will be given, and they will have an abundance of knowledge. But for those who are not listening, even what little understanding they have will be taken away from them. That is why I use these parables, for they look, but they don't really see. They hear, but they don't really listen or understand. This fulfills a prophecy of Isaiah that says, When you hear what I say, you will not understand. When you see what I do, you will not comprehend. For the hearts of these people are hardened, and their ears cannot hear. And they have closed their eyes, so that their eyes cannot see, and their ears cannot hear, and their hearts cannot understand. And they cannot turn to me, and let me heal them. But blessed are your eyes, because they see, and your ears, because they hear. That is so powerful. And actually, in the in the J Zone and our kids ministry, we, that was in red letters, like we like to call it. Red letters are important because that's Jesus speaking, and that's kind of elementary for kids. But it's such a powerful thing to say. Red letters is Jesus. When you see red letters in the Bible, it's important. And right here, it's so powerful what what he's saying because he's saying no matter your ability to hear, or see if your heart is hardened. You won't truly be listening, and you won't be truly seeing what God is doing. And the thing is, when you see, when you're, this is the key: submit to the Spirit, not mm-hmm. just get it and not just receive it. You first of all, you have to be submitted enough to be even open enough to receive His Spirit, mm-hmm. because He said, "I have healing for you," but some of these people will never be healed because they don't want to. Yeah. So first of all, you have to be willing to even receive the gift, not earn the gift. Receive it. I'm open, God. I, I want to be forgiven and I want to change and I want to be open to your spirit in the first place yeah. to receive it. You don't have to be in a big service. If you're, especially if you're somebody who's listening to this and not in church, read the Bible, open it. Yeah, you don't listen. have to be in church to receive his Holy Ghost. God can do it to you right now. You just have to be open and have yeah. your heart open. Come I, I to have God a cousin that got the, got the Holy Ghost in, at his house. It wasn't at a big service. It wasn't, it wasn't some big thing. You don't have to be anywhere to receive God into your heart. You can be on your own, in your house, praying, reading the Bible. Because it's not just about church, but it's about God. Yes, and you, you the thing is, you just have to be receptive. You have to be submitted. Mm-hmm. It's not about what you can do. Because when you try to understand things through the flesh, you will never see. If you try to understand things through your ears alone and not with God, you'll never hear the message. You'll hear yeah. words, but yeah. you won't hear the word. Yeah. You have to see in faith because the see in faith is to see things that are things hoped for yeah. and the evidence of things that seen. Yeah. Because when you see in faith and you're walking in faith, you're walking in things you don't understand and see. And that mm. takes trust in God. It's yeah. not possible to do that. But when you trust and see in faith what God where God wants to take you, you will see beyond what you'll ever see in the flesh. Mm-hmm. And then there's another scripture in Philippi, uh, Philippians... Um, uh, 2, 10 through 11, and it says, Every knee shall bow, and every tongue shall confess that Jesus is Lord, 
is lore. Every language, whether you even mm-hmm. the deaf, which some people wouldn't even some people try to even say it's not a language, and that's ridiculous. Yeah, it's a whole language. Every language, every tongue, every nation, every tribe will confess mm-hmm. that God, Jesus, is Lord. Yeah. And eventually everybody will have to submit whether they are forced to, because it's going to come a day where you're forced to submit and you'll be sent somewhere that you don't want to go. But while you have the opportunity, it's all the way leading up to God coming and God coming, not just to take his church away, but God coming to judge that you have all these opportunities. And then it says everybody's eventually going to have to bow down on their knees. Yeah. And submit to me Absolutely. and worship to me, but don't don't let God force you. God yeah. is being a gentleman right now and letting and, you be open to receive it. And the concept of being a disciple maker and reaching the lost. Sometimes when you are giving this and you're giving the word and you're trying to help in this scripture, like it says, if their hearts are hardened, they're not going to understand. So when you're giving this to somebody and they're not receiving it, and maybe you go and and it's just not happening. The hearts could be hardened. It's not what you're saying. It's that they're not able to understand that that point. But I'll tell you what, persistency, make sure even when the hearts are hardened, if you give them what's in your heart and you be that disciple maker, eventually there's a time in their life where their hearts aren't hardened. And there's a time in their life where they're willing to hear and they're willing to listen. Even just a little bit. Guess what? They could remember you and they can go to you and say, hey. I have questions now. And, and even if it's not you, if they find someone else that they hear, they go, oh, I think I remember that from years ago or or from a time when I remember someone saying something and I didn't want to hear it. But now that sounds like something I may need in my life. I'm going to go to someone else because you don't always reap what you sow. But someone else can one reap that. One plant, one waters, one gives the, Exactly. Gives so the you, increase. So it may be, sometimes it may feel like it's not worth it. And, and you can't always force your help on people. Sometimes people just don't want it. And sometimes their hearts are just so hardened that they don't want to hear or see what you have to say. Yeah. And what you got to do is just pray for God to soften their hearts. And sometimes they're not because you still have a free will, but God does have the ability to harden, soften hearts. Mm -hmm. You see with, when you hear about the story of Exodus, when the people of Israel got delivered from Egypt, God hardened Pharaoh's heart to prove to his people that he will get through it. Because he made a decision that he didn't want to, and God was like, okay, that's your decision. But God also has the ability to soften hearts. Mm -hmm. So if you do not feel like you're effective, for one, that doesn't mean that you just stop because you don't think you're effective because you still are instructed to keep going. And God said, I'll renew your strength. Go to God and ask for peace. Go to God and get renewed. But you still need to keep going. But from there, just pray for God to loosen their hearts as you continue to pour out your word and spread that seed of faith out to everybody. Yeah. And this kind of was even a lesson that we learned in one of our classes. It talks about, you know, there's some people that you're going to help who are disabled. We talked a little bit about ableism, which I've heard of the term, but I never yeah. fully understood it. But whether they be deaf or they have some other disability, you can't force people. You can't. It's There's literally legal ramifications for forcing your way into helping because these people, the thing is a lot of people look down on these people because they can't hear or they can't walk right or they can't do this right because, but that's not the true issue. And the thing is they may need help and they can ask you for help. Yeah. But if they're not asking for it, you can't force yourself. And and that's with people in the spirit. You can't force them to be saved. Even though you love them, you can't force them, but your job is to still spread that word. Absolutely. I mean, I have so many family members that aren't saved. I can't force them to be saved. 
but I can be that voice in their head. I can be that one that's praying for them and that's telling them them and loving on them and telling them every day, any chance I have, being a disciple maker and and just showing that love of Christ to them so that there's ever a moment, there's ever just a little moment that, that that they'll let their hearts open up. I'll be there and I'll be able to take advantage of that moment and show them Jesus. And that's one thing too, because if you don't keep going and they open their heart for a little bit and then you decide not to be in the spirit, their heart's just going to clam right back up. Yep. But if you're persistent and they open their heart, that's your opportunity. But you're never going to yeah. see when that happens if you're not seeing in faith. Mm-hmm. If you're seeing in the carnal, you're going to just see somebody who has their heart closed forever. Mm-hmm. But Absolutely. You, you just have to watch and pay attention and mm-hmm. let the spirit lead you. You know, like I said, you, you hear about how people who have different problems, you can't force them. You can't go up to a deaf person and say, I'm going to interpret for you. Yeah. They don't That's want just intruding on people's space. They don't need you. Now you can offer your services. And even I know I've heard that some people just start signing so people can see. Hey, I'm here for you. I'm standing here in your corner. And if you need me, I'm here. And you can tell that I can talk. Yeah, I guess But that doesn't mean that you have to go and be like, and, and it, like he said, it's the same. Like, I'm, you can't go up to someone and say, I'm going to baptize you. I'm going to force you to be <laughs> baptized because it's a choice that they have to make. Mm-hmm. And I know we talked about this in our first episodes. People can yeah. get discouraged when they're disciples and they're trying mm-hmm. to be disciples and they're not seeing results. And that person will not go to church and that person will not just grasp the word or just accept God in their life so they can experience love and joy and peace yeah. and all those all those fruits of the spirit and all the gifts of the spirits and just being led by him yeah. and just feeling that comfort that comes yeah. from the comforter. Yeah. But you can't force him. Yeah. All you have to do is spread his word yeah. and let God do the rest and let people hopefully open their hearts. But you can't get worried about it. Don't worry about it. No. God does not instruct us to worry. Yeah. So just let him lead you. Make sure you're submitted to him in all your yeah, absolutely, and um, we just want you to take this to heart. Um, we've been doing these podcasts now. This will be our eighth episode, and it's crazy. It's just crazy to think about that we've been doing eight episodes, but we feel very encouraged. And, and with last week's episode going so long, this one is a little bit of a longer one. We just want to make sure you, that you guys know we are so appreciative of all the listeners because we feel like. There, we have a voice that we want, we personally just want to talk to each other about these topics. It gives us a, a moment to get to talk to each other and, and talk about it. But we also get to give what we have and, and hopefully help somebody out there. So we're so honored to have people that listen, that are receptive to what we are saying. And we thank you guys so much for listening to this episode. Yes. And right before we end here, I do want to say, like, if you're listening to this and you feel like you have nobody to talk to, whether it be, hey, like, I'm doing a ministry and I just need some encouragement. Our me- we're perfectly open to message, whether you message our personal accounts or message mm-hmm. the page. Absolutely. And it's the same, like, if you don't know anything about God at all and you want a Bible study or something like that, we're open here. We want to help you and we want to enrich you. We want to make sure, this, that's the whole point of this podcast. The point of this podcast, like we mentioned last week, it's not about the fame. It's about spreading God's good name. Absolutely. We want to encourage you, and that's the only reason for this. Mm-hmm. This is the only reason. So just make sure this week that you make, make sure that you're living your life for the kingdom. Yeah. Because when you live for the kingdom, the king will keep you in his mind. So I pray that you would be blessed and submit yourself to the spirit and have a great day.